the ideas, the leaders, the lives that are shaping Denmark and the world. From Blocks Hub in Copenhagen, Denmark, this is Global Denmark. Today, we'll hear from former Group Head of Learning and Development at Falk and current CEO and founder of Good Talks, Pernille Sandberg-Beck. Now, the astute listener might recognize Pernille as a podcast alum, and you would be right. This is her second visit to the studio. We encourage you to listen to her first episode from back in June of 2020. This time, Pernilla has a big announcement for expats, so listen closely. She also talks about sharing as a key to vulnerability and vulnerability as essential for growth, especially for us men. How to deal with imposter syndrome. What it meant for Good Talks to go public and whether or not we could create a kinder, gentler version of Facebook. All right, we are here live in studio with our distinguished alumnus, Pernilla Sandberg-Beck. Pernilla, welcome to the studio. Thank you. What an honor to be back. I'm really I'm really proud that you invited me back. So thank you very much. The privilege is all ours. I know last time we spoke, we did it digitally because of something called COVID-19. Yeah, 19? yeah, 19. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Mm. But uh, here we are a year and a half later, and we still have face masks on today. So... Uh, yeah. Not much on that front. No, but we're here together in the same room. That's a progress. That's that's good. Now, um, I think our entire audience is uh, wanting to know, and we left with a cliffhanger there back in June 20. Have you been able to acquire goodtalks.com from the New Zealand yoga teacher? You know what? Still not. Isn't it amazing? And we actually offered her money, but she wanted a lot more money than what we Oof. had to offer but uh, so I don't know, maybe one day I'll just cave in and pay the full amount. But no, we haven't gotten it yet. It's really, it's sad. Help it, us out if you know somebody. <laughs> if you're listening, dear yoga teacher, come on. <laughs> Please. We can do this. Please. No, nah. but good talks. Last time we spoke, you guys were rolling. You were sitting around 2,000 members. Uh, it sounded like an amazing idea. What's going on? Well, now we are almost 4,000 members we are building a new platform. We are making a global platform. We are making sure that everybody with any sort of language can join. We are super excited about that. We've gotten our first uh, global members. It's amazing. The other day, I almost I almost uh, shed a tear because we had our first uh, global uh, network meeting with people from Princeton, New Jersey, Utrecht in Holland and, and different places around the world. And I'm just so happy to be able to connect so many different people and seeing them, how they help each other and inspire each other. So a lot of good things are happening. I'm super excited about all the, all the support we're getting. Well, first of all, congratulations going from doubling your membership in such a such a quick time. And, Thank you. You know, obviously, as a, an expat living abroad, uh, I think that the fact that you're going global is amazing. Yeah. Um, and I know that we talked about last time that uh, when you drew on your experience from Felk, mm -hmm. you said when you're talking to people from all over the world, just be a human being. Yes, just for be sure. Human. For sure. Because, of course, you have to respect differences, cultural differences, cultural traditions. But I think we all come from the same place. We are all family members. We are mothers, daughters, sons, brothers. And I think humans are driven a lot by the same factors. So just be compassionate, be nice, be human, then we're all going to get along just fine. That sounds good to me. You know, 
you guys are doing great in terms of, and I see you all over social media. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> what would you attribute your growth towards? I mean, what's what's going on? Definitely to our members and everybody who's following us. And I think that we are speaking into a mission of lifting each other, fueling each other, helping each other. And back to just being human. I think it's a deep wish and desire for any human to be able to know that you've done something good for somebody else. So I think there is a big want for people to be able to help each other and we just provide the tool. For our new audience members, um, all three of you since a year and a half ago, <laughs> um, what is Good Talks in essence? Just, I know I know it, but could you maybe say a few words about the key concepts? Yes, it's a basically a digital platform where the main focus is to help each other. You cannot be part of Good Talks unless you're willing to step up and step in and provide your own unselfish help. So when you sign up to the platform, you sign up with all the normal data and information you do on other social platforms. But there's one little space where it says, I can help you with. So this piece of information, all 4,000 members have written in what they would like to help other people with. So it's actually, a, it's sort of a Facebook for compassionate people. That's what we call it sometimes to explain what it is. So you it's, hear that, Mark? <laughs> Mark, watch out. It's a, so it's, it's a platform like, you know, anywhere else. But the difference is here, we know that people want to help each other and we know exactly what they want to help each other with. It also looks a bit like LinkedIn. We have the same members on Good Talks like there you can find on LinkedIn. But here we know exactly that they do want to help and exactly what they want to help others with. And now it's uh, searchable. And with 4,000 4, members defining how they want to step in and step up, it's quite easy to search. If you need help with uh, anything, you can go and search for people that can help you with that. And then it has 1,000 other functions I won't bore you with. But it's it's a platform connecting compassionate people. That sounds amazing. I mean, could you, for our audience, give maybe a couple examples that you've heard or seen mm -hmm. in terms of People helping people. Yes, for sure. Uh, not long ago, I, I got an email and it said, oh my God, this Good Talks is so amazing. I'm sitting in Hong Kong and I just reached out to somebody called Mette in Hillerød and she helped me tremendously with my CV. I was uh, I was searching for a job and I could see she was in the same uh, sort of a sector. So I was thinking, hmm, maybe she can help me. How should I explain my capabilities searching for this job? And she uh, did a Teams meeting and she helped me tremendously and I landed the job. So connecting people that can help each other in a very simple way. I get examples of people meeting up, you know, either online, physical with, you know, different themes that they want to help each other with. Uh, so that's like one person reaching out to the other person. It can also be on our social wall. We have a social wall like you like you have on most uh, social platforms. People coming up with a dilemma or a question and then people are nice enough to answer and say, hey, I would go this way or that way or give me a ring. It can be like that. It's also during our activities. Now Good Talks has become such a big network of 4,000 members. So we create smaller networks. And I know we're going to talk a bit more about that later, but we have smaller uh, networks uh, maybe within a in a certain area and during these network meetings we have maybe i don't know 100 people meeting up okay. online could be 20 and then we do breakout sessions and in these breakout sessions you might have six or eight people together around a, a certain topic or something specific and then they really help each other and and inspire each other and like that so many different ways that sounds great i mean and yes uh, you buried the lead there but uh, we'll get back to that so what I hear is this network that's kind of based on trust and for where sure. you can, you have to have, if you're asking for help, a certain level of vulnerability. Yes. And I know that from our last talk, being vulnerable is critical to the succeeding. Mm -hmm. What is vulnerability for you? 
And why is that such a big part of this platform? For me, vulnerability is finding the courage to say something out loud or asking for help without being able to control the the outcome of what will happen. But trusting yourself and your environment and the people you are around that you can be, we call it unglossy, to be transparent and share. Sharing is probably a big part of being vulnerable. You know, just reflecting on my own life, that one of my strengths has always been that I I take risks and do things that are kind of off the normal trajectory. Yes, you do. Um, that other people don't necessarily see. But I also think it's a it is a character armor in a way because a lot of times I've been maybe a little bit afraid to see what is my ego telling me and test it in the normal market. Mm-hmm. And I know that being vulnerable and actually putting yourself out there and seeing what does the market say mm-hmm. when you don't know the outcome, actually doing that and being rejected has allowed me to grow. So I think that that being vulnerable is essential for growth. Yes. Otherwise, you're stuck in your own ego project. Yes. And it's definitely a muscle you can train, like you just explained. I remember in the beginning when I was practicing or practicing with vulnerability, I was super afraid in the beginning, super afraid, because I thought if I came out with the things that I was afraid of and I didn't feel good enough around, that people would judge me. And I am so experiencing the opposite. When I put myself out there as a human, if I ask for help, if I share something that I'm afraid of or I don't dare doing or makes me feel like I'm not good enough, the connection I make with people from me sharing my vulnerability is amazing. The feedback I get is amazing. Of course, I do it one-on-one like I'm doing with you now, but sometimes I also speak out to an audience via my social media platforms. And in the beginning, when I would share something vulnerable, I remember the first thing I was sharing, and maybe we spoke about it last time as well. But the first thing I shared was me being named as HR Director of the Year, standing on a big stage, and I thought that it was a joke. You know, standing there receiving this award, I was thinking, oh, my God, this must be a joke. Soon they're going to pull me off stage because I'm definitely not good enough to receive this award. This feeling of imposter syndrome. Total imposter syndrome. And I remember the first time when I went on LinkedIn sharing the story, I was like holding my eyes when you like, like when you watch a horror movie (laughs) when I was posting this because I thought, okay, now I'm going to be judged and now they're really going to see that I'm not good enough. But the feedback has been amazing. I think when you take off the armor, when you take off that shield and you share your inner thoughts, you make a huge connection to the people you are around because everybody has the same feeling now and then. Everybody can get insecure. Anybody can be in a situation where they think that they're not good enough or they can't handle it. So my big mission in life is that we meet up without armor, that we meet up without suit and a blue shirt and I'm smiling because Thomas is wearing a suit and a blue shirt but you know what I mean if we all show up at work with the same uniform which I see sometimes as a shield and I was really the most guilty of that I was definitely wearing a uniform and a shield to protect myself but if we show up with Without that, we make a deep, deep connection between people. And that also makes it a lot easier for us to help each other. That was a long speech, but you, do, do you uh, follow me? I'm completely with you. And I actually didn't know that about uh, when you got the HR of the Year Award. Oh, okay. I didn't share that before. Um, yeah. But I know the feeling of imposter syndrome mm-hmm. quite well. And it is a very vulnerable place. Yeah. Full of anxiety. Yeah. Full of the potential. Because if you're vulnerable, to be hurt. Yes. To feel. Mm-hmm. And I think here we pivot to kind of the the emotional and more of the rational control parts of what it means to be human. Yeah. 
I know that Good Talks has been a network that's been about empowering females in leadership. Mm -hmm. But for men, perhaps being vulnerable is going to be even more challenging. Yes, due to I the, agree. Due to this over-rationalization and this kind of stigma of being he-man, quote, yes. emotional. Yes, I totally agree. What are agree. your thoughts on that? And I totally what are men's role here in the, yes. the next chapter? I totally agree. And actually, early on, we opened Good Talks up for men. Because one part of Good Talks is a platform. The other part is I really want to take down these barriers. So everybody we have on stage in Good Talks, I screen them on one thing, and that's their ability of showing up and being vulnerable. Because I've been to so many great events where I've been looking at fantastic people on stage and they've been uh, sharing that they became CEOs at the age of 25, that they're making millions, that they are only had A's in school and so forth. And every time I was going to events with superheroes like that, I would go home and say to myself, oh my God, so I, I have to mirror this person? That's definitely fueling my imposter syndrome. And I think if I have to measure up to that, I am definitely not good enough. So one thing we said early on is on Good Talks is anybody who takes stage are willing to share about themselves and to share their own vulnerability. And very early on, I discovered, as I think that you're touching upon is, you know, it's probably even harder for men to be vulnerable because there is even more expectations to them for being the protector, the provider, the tough guy, the guy on the bicycle in Lycra cycling up and down uh, Strandwein every day, you know, doing a, what do you call it, the Iron Man and all that yeah. very macho stuff. So I think there's even, it might even be harder for a man to be vulnerable. And I see a huge demand for a space for men to be able to, vul to be vulnerable. So we... Um, we definitely encourage that and we welcome men into Good Talks, of course. I think that even though men have, have disproportionate power in terms of leadership positions, mm -hmm. we can talk about mm -hmm. that in a second, mm -hmm. that there is a, a loneliness For that, sure. that, that men are experiencing. And I can say that for myself, that wishing that you could be more vulnerable uh, or something's holding back um, because of the gender and cultural Stigmas. Now, I know in the Nordics, we have, according to Hofstede, more feminine culture than they have in other countries. And that's definitely true. But still, I don't think that's what we're talking about here. We haven't reached a level where everyone's just embracing the emotional as well as the rational side of being a human being. Yeah, I agree. And I think we really have to start making a change. Because I think there are definitely more men like you looking for a space where it's okay to be vulnerable. And when you look at different research from the younger generation, nobody, nobody wants to work with leadership as leadership looks like today. Women, men do not want to work in a, and now I'm really making it cartoonish, but they, they don't want to work in this macho dominated way of working and leading and measuring. So I think there's a huge demand for more vulnerability coming. And I think... And also when you look at, when I look at, I have teenagers, when you look at gender with them, that it is so washed out sort of. So I think it's gonna, there's really a big demand for just being human. And I think vulnerability really comes into that. And I think some of the great leaders we actually have, and thank God we're, we are starting to look at that, are, you know, male leaders are uh, men who has the courage to be vulnerable. It's a human need. I really believe that in, in trust and in vulnerability is a huge capability of creating. I mean, can you go into a room and create if you sit in a room where you don't feel psychologically safe? You cannot. No, it's a precondition. Yes. Pernilla, this is a fascinating conversation. I just want to take a quick break, mm -hmm. hear a word from our sponsors, and then we're going to come back and talk about 
where we're at in terms of gender imbalance in Denmark 2021. Yes, yes let's talk. Studying for an executive MBA at Henley Business School in Denmark is an intense and rewarding experience. If you want to achieve the best possible outcomes in business and in life, Henley can give you the skills and knowledge you need through the Henley MBA. For more information, visit henley.dk. Okay, we're back with today's special guest, Penila Sandberg-Beck. Penila, tell us about the gender imbalance situation in Denmark. I know a lot of the mission of Good Talks is empowering women in leadership positions. What's the data on the ground and what are you what are you seeing right now? Yeah, I am seeing a positive development but not in the numbers yet. So let's just start with some of just a few fun fun <laughs> facts. If you look at the out of the the 1000 biggest organizations in Denmark, we still only have 71 CEOs. 71 out of 1,000. So that's a very low number. If you look at the situation on uh, boards, we still have uh, more board members named Jens than we have women. So the numbers... That's, that's not good. No, that's not no good. No offense, Jens. Is- <laughs> no, that's definitely not good. And I could uh, I could uh, drop another 10 uh, statistics, but let's not go into that because they're very sad. That being said, I think there is a huge positive improvement in awareness. And I think all change starts with being aware. So I really think, you know, people are starting to talk about to make quotas and restrictions and and other legislation around this. And I really hope that we will in due time change this uh, these numbers. So I think where I think it's possible positive is when we started Good Talks four years ago, when I was speaking to organizations, I would have to bring research like a McKinsey report stating that it was worth it having female leaders. I mean, just to say we were having these conversations four years ago. Today, you would never have that conversation. Thank God. Similar conversations just in the diversity and inclusion space to say, look, it it could actually actually improve the bottom line. You know, yeah. So those conversations we were having four years ago, I don't have those conversations with anybody anymore. And I think that is super positive. All the organizations we talk to now, first of all, everybody wants to talk to us because everybody wants to do to make a change. And when we talk to all these organizations, they're all asking, how can you help us? We want to change this. And I think also the motivation has shifted. It is not now because of research. I think people are actually <laughs> becoming aware that you will make a better a better organizations with better profit and also that it's the only right way to go. So I think we are in a completely different space when it comes to awareness. And I think that it is definitely going to show in the numbers very, very soon. So I might be naive. And uh, I think people that worked with this before me, they they think we are naive and they want something, you know, more extreme to happen. But I really, truly believe that soon it's going to show in the numbers. time to big change. Yes, it's a big change. But I think it's showing soon. And I think the awareness, I, I can even see it from someone on the outside uh, looking in. And I know that you guys are pivoting to, in terms of your business model, into more the B2B landscape. Yes. Uh, working with organizations. Yeah. Could you say a word about that and what that's going to mean? Yeah. Because actually, you know, we started Good Talks not actually because of the women. And that sounds maybe a little weird. But my motivation to start Good Talks was actually to, in general, to change the workspace. But like we just spoke about earlier, I want people to show up at work as humans and not suits. So I actually started Good Talks because I was thinking, okay, Gallup makes this uh, investigation every year. And it's only 13% of the workforce who is highly engaged. 
So I thought, okay, we want, we really need to do something about this because we spend at least eight hours a day at work. So at least we should be happy while we go there. <laughs> so my motivation to start Good Talks was to make, you know, a happier workspace. I mean, there are so many people on depression that are, you know, sick with stress. The, you know, the whole workspace, there's something wrong with it, I thought. And I thought, okay, looking around into the landscape and coming from HR, I thought, okay, one thing I can definitely see, which is obvious, we, we don't have a lot of women in leadership and in boardrooms. So that was actually the ground motivation for me to start good talks yeah, and what trickle down effect does that have then right if we're yes for about sure back to our emotional and rational focus for and sure being in general yes because actually i don't care about gender i mean i don't care walking into a boardroom with 18 men if half of them have female capabilities and you know you're not I, talking compositionally you're talking about human well-being yes for sure for sure so that was like my first idea saying okay if we get more women on top you know we can change the workspace truly i really want to i want us to meet at work in a different way. So we started out offering a membership to Good Talks at the B2C market, but we could quickly see that organizations were also interested in buying a membership for their employees. So we're doing both. So you can both sign up as a private person, but we're definitely also seeing a huge interest from organizations buying a Good Talks membership for their employees. And who uh, in the is that the head of people and culture that would make that decision or it depends on the size of the organization? Well, it's actually, we are in conversation with three or, di- or four different departments in the organizations. It can be the CEO, it can be HR, it can be CSR, or it can be marketing because yep. we are a lot, also we are competing about talents. Uh, there are, it's part of their employer branding. Exactly. So it can also be, you know, marketing because they can see it makes a huge difference for the, for the employer branding part that you can say as a, as an employee, you also get a good talks membership within your package. I mean, in, when there's a battle for talent, yes. I mean, having something that can provide a network where you can be vulnerable and create great connectivity. Yes. It's a great value add, I think. Yeah, I think so too. And then maybe if that becomes a part of the employer branding in the CSR in an organization, it'll really, you know, put pressure on the top leadership of said organization to take a look at the composition for and sure. then again the trickle down effect. So getting into the heart of the organizations. Yes, maybe for sure. You can move awareness but then moving the ball yeah, forward in that way. We are hoping. Pernilla, you're a connector. Yes. I think you've been doing it your whole life. Why? Yes. I'm actually very glad that you asked me that question because this morning Within three minutes, I connected two people. Person A wrote me and said, I'm in this position, in this situation, and I need help. Immediately, I had a sparkle (laughs) in my brain, and I thought that she needs to be connected with person B. I have one really, really uh, weird capability. I have like a map in my head with all the people I know, not always by name, but what sort of person they are and what they do. And I'm very quick to connect people. And I know for sure that I connected these two people this morning. It took me three minutes to do it. And I know it's going to have a huge impact on their life, both of them. And it's a very, very easy way to do something with big impact with a small amount of time for two people. So I think that is like connecting people. That's that's something we can all do. You know, we can all connect people and just say, hey, you should talk to you. So I, I don't know. I just enjoy doing that because I know with little effect, I can do something that means a lot for other people. Well, I think that's an amazing personality trait. And, you know, talking how much vulnerability it requires to ask for help. Mm-hmm. When we have these super connectors out there who are doing the exercise in their own brain and making that that step forward uh, on behalf of other people, that's, that's fantastic. Yeah. I know you used to what, do the alarm center for FEDC yeah. back in the day. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I, I can clearly see a red thread your whole life of 
wanting to connect, wanting to connect and help. Yes, that way. yes, that's true. Yeah. So, Good Talks, the Facebook for compassionate people. Yeah. Is that realistic? Because when I hear Facebook and compassionate people, I think that's a contradiction of terms. Yes, and that's why we do. That's why we do Good Talks because I want to make. I want to take this our social platform and make it social. <laughs> I mean, we have so much great technology. I really want to use technology to do a positive impact. So I want to work on, instead of uh, us being uh, into all this uh, so me, I want to make it to so you. So I want to use technology to connect compassionate people. I want to use technology to create a space where we can help each other and fuel each other and lift each other. So we probably have to start not using the word Facebook, but it's just a, such a, an easy way to explain. But that's actually, that's what we want to do. That's what I want to do. That's why I started Good Talks. Now, I know that uh, some of the issues with mega social media organizations are the incentives. And I was interested, when you guys went public and publicly mm -hmm. traded, could you say a couple of words about what happened there and the impact of people buying stock into your company? Yeah, what happened? We um, we wanted to build a new platform because we wanted to go global. We wanted to make, you know, to be able to, for people to connect even better. And uh, I've had uh, investors approaching me before, uh, wanting to get in and help us and invest into our company. And I've been a little afraid of it because it was early stage. And then we needed some funding to do this new platform. And uh, then Didim, my great colleague, she came up with this idea. She said, hey, how about we take uh, 5% of the organization and we divide it into shares and we sell it to our members and who else is interested. And then we actually did that. That's an IPO. It, yes. For sure. <laughs> yeah, in a, in, a, in a small scale, at least. We took 5% of our company and we sold it out. And we um, it was actually a very, uh, it was a crazy time because it's, there was such a big interest. And uh, we ended up actually uh, selling 800, you know, selling these share packages to eight hundred new shareholders. It was, uh, I can tell you, it was a crazy morning. Uh, within uh, seven minutes, we raised the first million and that's a lot for a small startup. Within seven minutes? <laughs> yeah, that's a lot for us. It's a lot for a small uh, startup like ours. And um, we ended up raising four million for only 4% of our company, which is wow. a huge valuation for a startup like ours. So that was one thing that was really good that we got the funding without losing a lot of control of our organization because we were afraid of, you know, inviting in the VC that wanted 30% of our organization organization at this early stage. So we raised Which a lot. Which means back to incentives, right? Yes. That you don't have to, you know, water down for sure. your mission and vision. For sure. So it was great to raise a lot of money for a small amount of uh, shares. But what's also great is now we have 800 amazing ambassadors because now everybody who bought a share package, they also want to see the company grow and they want to help us. So I have like quarterly meeting with our shareholders, you know, and really inviting them into how we develop our business and how we try to grow and we get all their feedback and, and you know, all their insights. So it was a fun way to raise uh, so if people are listening to this podcast right now and they think, wow, this is an amazing organization, Joe X or Jane X standing at home with her coffee, can they buy shares now or is it uh, not open for trading? It's not open right now. We have a, a, you know, you can sign up to an interest list if you are interested. We actually have a lot of people on the list and we have a lot of people that are asking us, hey, when do you open up for selling shares again? Uh, we have a few percentage left that we could sell. So if you want to, you can you can sign up on the list and uh, and then you would be the first to know. I will not promise that we will do it, but um, we might at I, some if point. If you do it, yes, will be on a can, waiting list. Enough. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Excellent. Good. Well, um, we uh, we teased little earlier in the podcast that there was a an announcement coming yeah we're not going to say what it is quite yet but we're going to take a quick break and come back 
with the last segment of our podcast. Cliffhanger. <laughs> All right. We are back with Pernilla Sember. Back. Pernilla. Yeah. Spirituality. Yes. Oh, we just lost 500 oh. followers for naming that word. <laughs> Spirituality and leadership. Yeah. Tell me about what's going on in that space and why it's relevant. Okay. I think spirituality could become the new leadership capital. That's a crazy thing to say, right? Yes. Okay, but maybe we should just take it back a notch then. Because what is spirituality? I think spirituality for can be many different things for people. To me, I am on a search of trying to connect my head with my body, with my mind, with my soul. I lived in huge imposter syndrome way of living, always being afraid of not being good enough. I found out that I was actually super not, I was really, really not connected to my body. You know, I had like a, I was completely disclosure between my head and my body and I was just living in my head. And um, I've spent some time on trying to get down and into my body and instead of being in my head all the time. And what do I want to say with that? What I want to say is spirituality for me is being connected to my body and believing, believing the inputs I get. So for me, I actually, my whole life, I made decisions on a gut feeling. To me, there's a bit of spirituality in using your gut feeling, believing what you feel and believing the input you get. And for me to, to live a spiritual life is me trying to live a life more in peace. I've spent, I think, I'm 48. I think I spent 46 years of my life with my head going on with thoughts. You know, when you have this... Wah, 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 uh, yeah, all the time. Yeah. So I've been going on with this uh, Penile FM in my head, you know, with the thoughts around me not being good enough and what I accomplished is not worthy and so on. So two years ago, I decided to try to do something different about this. So I've been trying to find out what works for me. I signed up with a therapist and I've been with her for two years trying to work on this wah, 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 going on in my head. And I have found out what helps for me. For me, being silent... Being in stillness helps me. To me, to meditate every morning helps me. For me to seek nature helps me. For me to move helps me. I think different things will help different people. But I think it is so important for us to find, you know, a better connection to our inner self. To maybe, you know, I enjoy reading Eckhart Tolle. For me to be able to live in the now, I think is so important. I still, you know, fall out. But before I would only live in all my past failures, everything I didn't succeed. Mm -hmm. And I would live in my fear of not su succeeding in the future. So I could probably some years ago sit here and do this podcast with you. And instead of being focused, I would probably talk and answer your questions. But I would probably also either my body or my mind being somewhere else thinking about things I couldn't control. So now I'm really practicing to just be here in the now, enjoying our conversation instead of letting my mind you know, wander and run off. That was a long speech uh, about something super complicated. First of all, thank you for being so vulnerable and open about your journey. I think it's incredible, uh, your honesty. And um, I think myself and I'm sure a lot of our audience can relate to similar feelings. You know, I, I can just say a little bit about myself that I can also relate to that disconnection between the, the mind and the body. And then if you, I guess, spirit as the kind of the self-worth uh, principle of intuition. I don't, I don't know if we want to go there, but I remember I did a, I did my first mindfulness course 
And it was then when I just, I started feeling my heart racing uh, when it was silent. You know, I remember thinking, God, I haven't listened to actually my body in so long. Uh, and it was terrifying at first. And then, but it actually gave me time to reflect on, wait, I'm actually not breathing properly. I, there's actually these physiological things, what's going on? And starting to examine it and trying to actually integrate those things. And I think that that whole journey is something that, of integration, is huge. I mean, I've had podcasts where I've hosted podcasts too, been on the other side of the mic. And again, disintegration, but being present, I mean, that that is the challenge once you disintegrate, right? And I think that's part of the separation of the mind, the body, the spirit, if you want to call that, that life takes its toll, right? And it is that armor. I think you close off one side by putting on the armor. For sure. And I think that's what we're talking about here too, is if you take off the armor, yeah, it might be painful and hurt, but it could allow the spiritual integration I think you're talking about. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if nothing else, I would really encourage everybody maybe to take a break and find out how are you living your life? How do you want to live your life? Before I started Good Talks, I did 70, 80 hours a week of work, running around for money, status, for external validation, for sure. So what I'm really trying to do now is find internal validation. I am becoming my own imposter buster <laughs> by finding out that yeah, exactly. I am trying to make myself believe that I am worthy for who I am and not for what I do. And I think that journey is worth taking for everybody because of course we are good enough for what we for who we are and not what we do. I think it's a new thing we're going to be starting to talk about. I think it scares a lot of people. I made a post on LinkedIn and I, I think I asked like, are you closet spiritual? And I lost 700 followers in 15 minutes. And that made me like you laugh because I think I touched something in somebody. Sorry, I'll follow again, I promise. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, you were one. I was one. Of, you were one of them. Yeah. No, but I think that actually touched something in somebody. But then I think it also makes people curious. So so for me, I would love to inspire people to stop. Stop, you know, stop. Reflect upon your life. Do you want to run around in this hamster wheel or do you want to live your life in a different way? So that's, you know, when I say I'm, I want to work as an imposter buster, that's what I want. I want people to stop. I want them, these, you know, voices they hear in their head. I would really like for people to get inspired to do something about it because I know for sure when I could make it go away, anybody can make it go away. Oh, I could tell you that hearing your story and talking to you now has inspired me. And I think maybe that can pivot to our last point today. Yes. I know that uh, you have an announcement to make. So I'm doing, me or doing or I you? I have announcement. You, you're doing I'll it, do. Thomas, for sure. It's in your honor. All right. Well, uh, guys, I have um, decided to join the uh, Good Talks family as a Good Club director. Doesn't mean this podcast is being shut off the air. It just means that I'm putting on another uh, vulnerable hat, hopefully an imposter buster t-shirt too. Yeah. And I, uh, I believe in this mission and I am going to run the first ever Good Talks Club for Expats. Yeah. Name to be determined. Yes. Can you say a little bit about yes, what this club Yes, I will. As I just uh, touched about before, we have 4,000 members. So now we're making smaller networks that are more like into a subject or, you know, a certain interest. And 
I am so happy, Thomas, that you're joining. I know for sure that you are the best in the entire world to run this network for yeah, expats. I, I agree. Yes, for sure. <laughs> so it's really an honor that you're joining us and you're supporting this. What we want to do is to make a, a network within Good Clubs, of course, with the same mission, with the same culture, with the same, of course, we're here to help each other. But I am so excited to invite in expats because I lived myself in three different countries uh, seven years and I know how it is to be a foreigner in a different country you are away from your safety net your family your daily habits you know so i really wanna if i can do something in this space for expats it would be a huge honor i really want to welcome everybody you know who took the risk and the chance and the work and the challenge of moving to denmark to contribute in this country so really if we can connect people and help people and make it a cool place to be whatever i can do i'm so i'm super now my mouth is running i am super excited about uh, creating this network for expats i'm super excited too and to have uh, your platform and um Look, we're gonna we're gonna do it in English. It's yes, gonna be for, for sure. um, anyone that wants to come, take their armor off, be vulnerable, connect. We'll try to make it therapeutic. We'll try to make it a networking opportunity. We'll try to bring in um, some excellent guest speakers yes. to really share knowledge too. A real professional leadership angle too. So I've got a lot of ideas. It's gonna be great. And so. we want to hear from you joining. I mean, how how do we make this uh, space worth your while? So, you know, any input from any of you guys who's going to join is very, very appreciated. But we just want to connect this safe space for us to share, inspire, help fuel each other. When's it launching? 3rd of March. 3-3. 3-3. All right. And uh, we'll begin promoting... Very soon. Very soon. So very, you can, very uh, soon. keep an eye on social media and uh, we'll also send this out if you're interested. And uh, I hope lots of you are. Pernilla, it's been an absolute pleasure. Any last words of advice or thoughts before we uh, say goodbye for today? Uh, first of all, it's really my pleasure. I always love having a conversation with you. And it always makes me think more. And I really like that. One Likewise. one thing, it's Friday. There's snow. It's the weekend. How about you spend your weekend with a few thoughts upon how you live your life. Do you need to stop? Do you need to make a break? Do you need to reconsider if this is if this is how you want to live? Maybe it is, and then congratulations. But maybe just spend 10 minutes by yourself in silence and consider, is this how you want to live? There it is, Life Reflection Weekend. Yes, that's a good name. With a glass of Gluck. <laughs> yes, Gluck. Gluck is on. All right, Pernilla, where can people find you, find your organization? Uh, you can always go to my LinkedIn, my Instagram. I'm easy to find. It's just by my name. But if you want to sign, you want to join Good Talks, very easy. Good Talks DK, because we're still, <coughs> you know, the yoga teacher in New Zealand. But uh, at Good Talks DK, you can, uh, you can sign up. Excellent. We came full circle there. Yeah. Right. Well, uh, thank you so much. And, thank you. Uh, to be continued. Thank you. Until next time, see you on the GDP. Are you getting the most out of your time in Denmark? Pick up the printed copy of the English-language newspaper Copenhagen Post today to access relevant news and event information guaranteed to enhance your working and family life.